What does the availability of Matthew Kachuk mean for the Islanders? Plus, we answer your email questions about defense and about Lou Lamarillo and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout this offseason, whether it's free agency, trade rumors, actual signings and transactions, you name it. If it happens to the Islanders, we will have it for you here on Locked On Islanders between now and the start of training camp in September. So, new news coming out on Wednesday. And this could help the Islanders, but maybe not in the way you think. It got announced that Matthew Kachuk, probably not going to stay in Calgary. Now, the Flames, as we all know, just lost Johnny Goudreau, and the Flames filed for arbitration uh, with Kachuk, and realistically what this means, according to uh, ESPN in St. Louis, that probably within a week, Matthew Kachuk will not be with the Calgary Flames any longer, and I'll tell you, this kid is dynamite. I mean, he's you got the bloodlines. His brother is Brady Kachuk. His father, Keith Kachuk. Uh, he is only 24 years old, won't turn 25 until December 11th. 6'2", 202 pounds. He's got the size. He's coming off a season in which he played all 82 games, had 42 goals, and 104 points. Yeah, that is right where you want 
you know, that, that's just what the doctor ordered for the New York Islanders. And to add to it, he is not a center. He is a left wing. So, you know, here is a guy who is just in the prime of his career, who just had a career-best 104-point season, was a plus 57 this year, 68 penalty minutes, 12 of his 42 goals coming on the power play, six game winners, 17 power play assists, and 253 shots on goal, which is, again, you know, three plus, a little more than three shots on goal per game with 455 shots attempted. Overall, Matthew Kachuk, totally someone who would, to say he would help the Islanders is probably an understatement. If you drew up exactly what the Islanders need, Matthew Kachuk kind of fits, checks almost all the boxes. He is a good goal scorer. He's not afraid to shoot the puck. He is responsible defensively, can skate the puck out of the defensive zone through the neutral zone. He is just a player who really creates plays, finishes plays, and gets the job done. So if he's available, what would it take to bring him to the island? Well, hold on to your hats, Islanders fans, because it won't be cheap. Uh, it might take something like this, and this is what one beat writer said. Two first-round draft picks, Oliver Wallstrom, Anthony Bavillier, and Atu Ratu. So that's two first-round picks, the Islanders' top-rated prospect, their young goal-scoring candidate in Wallstrom, and then Bavillier, who has kind of been, you know, struggling along with what's been going on lately, but still has the ability to make something happen at his, you know, at this stage of his career with a change of scenery. It would be, needless to say, a lot to pay. But if you're the Islanders and you're in win-now mode, creating a top line, that would feature Barzal and Kachuk. Kachuk at 24 gets you younger. He makes you faster. He gives you the dangerous goal scorer that the Islanders so desperately need. He improves the power play. And the amazing thing is that that deal that we described may not be the ultimate highest offer made to the Flames if they pull the trigger. So we'll see. But here's sort of another way that this could help the Islanders. Let's say the Islanders don't make the best offer. Let's say that the Flames trade him somewhere else. Now, the fact that the Islanders are in the Eastern Conference and the Flames are in the Western Conference, you know, I think the brass in Calgary would much rather send him to the Eastern Conference, all things being equal. But regardless, if he doesn't become an Islander, 
if the Flames trade him to another team, it is almost certain that that other team is going to have to absorb, you know, a large cap hit and then release some other players who are making a lot of money in order to free up room. Now, keep in mind, whoever trades for Kachuk is going to want to sign him to a long-term deal. He, no one is going to give up, you know, two first-round picks, your top prospect, a good young winger, and an experienced speedy winger in Bavillier. No one is going to give up a haul like that just to have Kachuk as a one-year rental. So before the deal goes through, they're going to have to agree to an extension. And again, that's going to mean that somebody else may become available. So if you aren't able to get Matthew Kachuk, maybe you're able to get the player who has to be dealt as a result of a team acquiring Matthew Kachuk, and that could help the New York Islanders. And, you know, one one article that I saw indicated, well, if the Blues and Keith Kachuk, uh, Matthew's father, played for St. Louis, if they go out and get Matthew Kachuk, maybe they can't hold on to Vladimir Tarasenko. They have to deal him. The, the price of acquiring Tarasenko probably goes down a little bit because of the desperation that the Blues would be facing uh, to try to unload his salary, and the Islanders could end up with Tarasenko, which I think is quite a, a, a good get, even if it's not quite as good as Matthew Kachuk, but it'll probably cost a lot less and would give the Islanders that goal score that they covet. So it's a situation to keep an eye on, and we'll see what Lou Lamorello is going to do because, you know, this would be uh, a heck of a player to add to the Islanders' stable or a player who could cause another quality player to become available to the Islanders. When we come back, we will get to your emails. We'll talk about team defense and team offense and the balance between the two and a little more on Nazem Kadri. All that plus our Islanders' birthday of the day still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. These are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are here for only a limited time, so go to Built.com right now and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. And all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs 
right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get podcasts, and on YouTube. So, let's uh, get to our email questions. This first one comes from Chris in San Jose, originally from Mount Sinai. Chris writes, love the show, definitely a disappointing offseason so far. With that being said, do you think it will take a legitimate goal scorer to keep Matthew Barzal on the island long term? Is Kadri really a necessity? I've been seeing quite a bit of fans pulling for him to be an Islander. Thanks in advance, and I hope to hear your response on the show soon. Best, Chris from San Jose. Chris, thank you for the email and for the kind words. Will it take a legitimate goal scorer to keep Barzal on the island long term? You know what? I'm going to say probably. And the reason I'm going to put it that way is that if the Islanders get that goal scorer, what does it show? Getting the bonafide 30-plus goal scorer to play with Barzal on that top line shows a commitment to winning that I think this team does need to show if they're going to sign Barzi long-term. But let's say the Islanders don't sign that big goal scorer this offseason or trade for that big goal scorer offseason. But let's say the team plays more like they did not last year, but the two prior seasons. Let's say the Islanders again go on a long playoff run, whether they reach the conference final or the Stanley Cup final, or even, maybe, win the Stanley Cup. If they don't get the goal scorer, but they still go on the long playoff run, I think Barzal would be willing to commit because he sees that the team is on the right track and headed in the right direction. And I think that's the key. Is acquiring a goal scorer one way to show that commitment? Absolutely. Would it help lock up Barzal or encourage Barzi to sign that long-term deal to remain on the island? Absolutely. But it's not the only way he could do that. And then you ask about Nazem Kadri. I don't think Kadri is a necessity. I think the fact that he's a center makes him less valuable to the Islanders than he would be if he was playing the wing. However, that being said, would uh, do I think he'd be a good addition to the team? Yes, but again, I think it means that you then have to make another trade to free up room on, you know, at center ice and maybe that trade gets you the wing who can put the puck in the net. Again, a lot of moving parts here. But Chris, as far as I'm concerned, Kadri, a good addition, not a great addition. And again, it depends on how much you're paying him and what happens after you sign him. That all figures in 
to that equation. Uh, the next email is from JJM24601. Uh, did not, uh, that's, you know, part of his email did not give his name or where he's from, but here is his question. Hi, Gil. Great podcast show. We all talk about the Great Islanders defense and the Barry Trot system, but they're not number one. Who are the teams, the other teams with really good defenses? And why does it make sense to have this all-out commitment to defense if other winning teams can have a great defense and a great offense? And the Islanders are maxed out on the cap. What gives here? Thanks for a great show. Well, JJM, thank you for the email and for the for the uh, nice words. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And let's let's address your question. Offensively, uh, defensively rather, the Islanders were seventh in the league in goals against. Seventh out of 32 teams. Offensively, as we all know, they were 22nd. But who are the best defensive teams? Well, let's start with this. Carolina was number one. The Rangers, Calgary, Boston, surprisingly, Pittsburgh, and then Tampa Bay. What do all of those six teams have in common? Yeah, you guessed it. They all made the playoffs. And all of them had better records, obviously, than the Islanders did. But offensively, how many teams were sort of in both top tens? The best offensive teams, Florida, Toronto, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton, Tampa Bay. Calgary makes, you know, high on both lists. Carolina, high on both lists. I think part of the situation with the Islanders, though, and you you asked, you know, why go all out on defense when other teams can do both? The reason the Islanders go all out on defense, at least they did for sure under Barry Trotz, is that this team does not have enough offensive weapons to compete with the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. The Islanders don't have the players to win a lot of games 7-5 to five or 6-4. to four. That's not the talent this team has. And it's not the team that Lou Lamorello inherited when he became GM. Now, I think... If the Islanders, let's say, get a Matthew Kachuk or a Vladimir Tarasenko or a, a, a bona fide goal scorer or two via free agency or trades, you can really sort of change the equation around a little bit and play a more offensive-oriented game uh, than the Islanders have been playing because you would then get the ability to say, all right, we've got, you know, five really good offensive players and and three or four solid offensive players, we can win a track meet with most teams and still play good defense when we need to. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but again, adding that bonafide goal scorer gives you the flexibility. I could go back to the dynasty years of the 80s And those Islander teams were among the greatest in the history of hockey. 
And one reason, and I, I, I remember speaking to Dennis Potvan in a, in a media scrum at the old Nassau Coliseum, the, one of the reasons that Potvan cited was that the Islanders could beat you any way you wanted to play. You wanted to play physically, they could be physical. They could drop the gloves. They had players who could drop the gloves with the best of them. Nobody wanted to mess with Clark Gillies, for example, or Gary Howitt. Uh, they also could score and beat you 7-5. Your Bossies, your Trotchies, your Gillies, your Tonellis. They could put the puck in the net. Or they had a, a Hall of Fame goalie in Billy Smith, some great defensive defensemen like Kenny Morrow and Dennis Potvin, who could both score and play great defense. And the, they could beat you 2-1 to one and play that checking game. The Islanders, the way they're constituted now, don't have that flexibility. And the reason they emphasize defense and commit to it so much is because that's the talent they have. Remember, the very first thing that happened when Lou Lamorello came to town is the Islanders lost their best offensive player in John Tavares. And they didn't have anyone to replace him. So, and remember that they didn't make the playoffs that last year that Tavares was here because the defense, they didn't play good team defense. So, Trotz and Lamorello built a team to correct the problems they had. Now they have to adjust and add some offense. And as far as the team being up against the cap, you know, there were some questionable signings where they overpaid their bottom six forwards. We've discussed that before on the show. They are starting to come out of that problem area. Uh, Let's see now what they can do going forward. When we come back, We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a productive defenseman who was only briefly an Islander, but boy, in the limited amount of games he played, he certainly put up points. We'll see if you can guess who that is. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a day late on this one because Wednesday was the 45th birthday excuse me, the 46th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Ray Giroux, the native of North Bay, Ontario, attended Yale University, spent four seasons there, and was drafted by the Flyers in 1994 in the eighth round, made his NHL debut with the Islanders in 1999-2000, played in 14 games with the Isles that year, nine assists in 14 games, Later played two more games for the Islanders in 2001-2002. 11 games with the Devils in both 2002-2003 and 2003-2004. And that was it. He played in the minors and then played in Sweden, in Russia, in Switzerland. Ended his professional career in 2013-2014 in the KHL. Played in 38 games, 11 with the... uh, excuse me, 16 with the Islanders, but had nine assists in those 16 games. Uh, 13 points in his NHL career, all assists, and 22 penalty minutes. He did play four playoff games in the NHL, those coming with the Devils in 03-04. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. It's April 9th, 2000 at the Coliseum. Islanders 
hosting the Florida Panthers, Trevor Kidd, the Panthers netminder, Roberto Luongo in goal for the Isles. After a scoreless first period, it was the Panthers getting on the board first. Pavel Bore is 58th from Oleg Kavasha, the uh, who also played for the Islanders, and Brent Hedekin at 8-18 of the second. Islanders down by a score of one to nothing. But then the, the Panthers have too many men on the ice, and the Islanders cash in. Marius Tchaikovsky is 33rd from Claude Lapointe and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ray Giroux, at 12-28, game tied 1-1. One and one. Then... Peter Worrell is called for tripping. Islanders go back to the power play, and Tchaikovsky scores again. His 34th from Ray Giroux, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Claude Lapointe. Time of that goal, 14.08. 2-1 Islanders after 40 minutes. Tchaikovsky completes the hat trick. His 35th, third of the game. Brad Isbister, the only assist on this one in the third at 7.13. And then future Islander Mike Sillinger, his 23rd from Ray Whitney and Victor Kozlov. By a lot of Islander Panthers connections, uh, partially because, of course, that Bill Torrey was involved with both teams. Anyway, Sillinger's goal uh, coming at 12:55 with Ray Giroux, our Islanders' birthday of the day, in the box for tripping. But that was as close as the Panthers got. Islanders win it three to two. 29 saves for Roberto Luongo, but for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ray Giroux two assists. And he had three shots on goal in 17 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. You know, Giroux, one of those guys who really, at 6'1", 190, skated pretty well, good passer, uh, but never really established himself at the NHL level, and uh, had a pretty productive career in Europe and in the minors. Uh, But when he was with the Islanders, nine assists in... uh, 14 games, not bad, or 16 games, 9 assists, not bad at all as far as productivity is concerned. And Ray Giroux is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Well, tomorrow we will keep our eyes open as to what the Islanders are doing. And, you know, some people are a little concerned about Lula Morello and the way he's going about things. We'll delve deeper into that on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL or all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That's it for today's episode. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay cool. And of course, let's go Islanders.